Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It is the Monday show with me, Andrew Musgrove, and this week we're joined by an old friend of the show, Newcastle Fan TV, Sam Mulner. Where is Aaron Stokes? I hear you guys cry. Well, he'll say he had a holiday booked in ahead of yesterday's game, but I'm peddling the line that he's hurting so much by the defeat to Spurs that he couldn't face the inquest to come. And that is what is coming up on today's show. Newcastle lose again on the road. Is it too simple to say it's down to injuries and fatigue? Did Eddie Howe get his selection wrong? Has the debate regarding Nick Pope's replacement been answered already? And why it's wrong to get on Jamal Asal's back? And Sam spots a worrying trait of the opposition that Newcastle just cannot handle. Plus, why your votes count in this year's Fans Footballer of the Year. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast. Please like, follow and share. Let's get on with the show. Sam, welcome back to the pod. How are we keeping? Oh, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not not too bad. I mean, yesterday's side, I didn't have too bad of a weekend. Half expected what was to come, I think, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, given Newcastle's away form and the injuries. Um, some of what you saw, was it was it worse than expected? Yes, it was worse than expected. Look, these are, these are tricky places to go. And it makes you appreciate what we did last season, really, when you you go into places like West Ham, like Everton and, and Spurs, and you're getting, getting really impressive wins. And then it just goes to show how relentless the Premier League is and you, to get up there this season and go again and having to repeat it. It was always going to be a tough feat with the additional fixtures of Champions League and, and whatnot. But, yeah, it's um, the injuries have killed us. We all know that. Um the squad isn't there yet. It's still a couple of seasons away from being a proper, complete squad to be able to to challenge for top four and 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 honours on a consistent basis year in year out. It, but it is it is disappointing. Of course, it's disappointing when you lose. And yeah, it it um it was blatantly obvious. I think from the first whistle, it was going to be a long, long afternoon for us yesterday. I think you could say that about Bournemouth and you could say that about Everton as well. In your opinion, is it too simple to simply say, Sam, it's down to injuries and fatigue? We know it's obviously playing a factor, but when you go to a side that had lost four of their last five, hadn't won since October, to then get thumped 4-1 and it could have been more, is it too simple? For me, it's not as black and white as saying it's down to the injuries. There's got to be something a little bit deeper, especially on the road for Newcastle as well. Yeah, there's only... It, it is a tricky one because this, this injury crisis is is absolutely unprecedented and, and way beyond any sort of normal injury crisis a club could get. But there were there were fundamental errors yesterday and there was, obviously, uh, Everton. Um, terrible defending, in, 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 which we've... We're not used to anymore, are we? And even when the likes of Lascelles and whatnot have come in, and they've always been solid, even Kraft and Dummett at the back with Tino on the overlap, it's um, it's been very, very solid throughout. So to concede seven goals in two games is a concern. Whether you know we now you don't know what you've got until it's gone, sort of thing with Nick Pope. I was one that, you know, I was quite comfortable with Dubravka being in goal. Rumours going around now that he's actually been nursing a shoulder injury. If there's anything in that, I don't know. You're the journalist, you tell me. But um, 
yeah, it's it's become very disjointed all of a sudden. And you would say, well, the one thing that the lads would have is is consistency because they all know how they play. It's been the same eleven for the past three or four games now. They should they should be all on the same wavelength, and it's just not looked the case at all. Um, no cohesion in the final third. Some players do look very very tired. Anthony Gordon, for for one, looks looks absolutely on his feet and remember when he came here last January he wasn't fit he's had no break with the England under 21 euros and then he's been an absolute workhorse for us this season he's not one that's been taken out of the team when when we'd be able to to rest him and he he, he was kept kept in the in the in the first team throughout and and has been an absolute workhorse but yeah so, some players it's a it is a concern and I don't know these these this this thing of two games in a week I don't remember it being and I know it was 20 years ago and my memory's not as good as it was but I don't remember it being a problem with Sir Bobby's team no you're spot on and I think um I I, I don't think Eddie Howe will accept it as an, as an excuse either or at least not um as a whole excuse and obviously social media has been really interesting because it is it is split to a degree where people are saying, you know, it's nothing other than the injuries taking their impact. But I don't know. They weren't they weren't good on the road before the injuries piled up. Um, and I know the point that you want to make about what you spotted Spurs doing happened against Newcastle when they were beat by Brighton. And that was when they didn't have many injuries at all. So I'll let you take it, the mic from here, Sam, and just explain what your point is. But the, the point to your point that you'll make is that was before Newcastle had all, all these bodies in the, the physio's room. Yeah, it was just a little thing that um, when the opposition play, I mean, with these things, it's never an exact science, but when you're playing good teams like, like Brighton and, and Spurs, the four-two-three-one, which those two teams played against us, massively exposed um, the kind of flaws in our system. Um, normally, like when we're at home and on the front foot and... and when we're at our best, like last season on our away from home, it didn't matter because it was always about our attacking our front foot, our our lethal cutting edge. Um, but when it's not been going our way, the, the four two three one seems to massively swamp our midfield and defence. And we saw that yesterday. We saw it against Brighton. I mean, look, yesterday, Son. I mean, this is elite level stuff. Now we're talking. Son for me is an elite player. Kieran Trippier is an elite player. So this is the real top level stuff, and Son absolutely tore Trippier to shreds yesterday. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Um, left, left out wide, they 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 pulled us in, swamped our midfield, and the midfield really struggled to get going yesterday. Bruno and Miley, I think Joe Linton was maybe the exception to the rule, who was um, his usual aggressive self. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was an issue. It was an issue against Brian, and it was an issue against Spurs yesterday. And it's it just became apparent that maybe there's no real plan B. I mean, well, and if there is a plan B, then you know could, what could Howe really do? Yes, he had, for the first time yesterday he had a couple of options on the bench, but there's no way Longstaff and Wilson were probably ready to play 60 minutes or whatever. He probably got the most out of them that he could. And then who else are you going to bring off the bench? Hall and Richie. Hall, I don't know what's going on with. That's the only one you could probably make an argument that maybe he should be given more of a more of a go. But as much as I love Matt Ritchie, and I've said it on here and everywhere and to anyone who will listen, Matt Ritchie is one of the most important players, along with Jamal LaSalle's of the past 10 years of Newcastle United. We know what we're going to get from Matt Ritchie now, and it's not always the high-level quality that we now sort of expect and are accustomed to. Um, excuse me, one moment while I cough. Andrew, fill for me while I cough. <laughs> well, what I was going to say there, you know, people listening to the point you made about the midfield being dominated and then Newcastle being overwhelmed in the defence. Again, they would point to the fact that they are missing 13, 14 players. Yeah. But it, on the other side of that, you, you say, okay. We accept that, but those players playing and yes, have played the last four or five games without without change. You, there still should be a plan in place that they can stick to. And Spurs have had injury issues of their own. Okay, they've only had seven or eight. Newcastle have had near double that. But as we said at the start, right from the word go, Spurs just looked more up for it. 
And there, there is an issue. There is an issue. There's too much space and it's getting exploited. And I, I don't think you can put that down to to injuries. You might put it down to fatigue, but again, I, I do feel that's an easy that's an easy way out. It is an easy way out, and Harry isn't interested in easy ways out. He'll hold his hands up and he'll accept <clears throat> that we weren't good enough. We weren't good enough against Everton. Before Trippier's mistakes, it was two poor sides cancelling each other out. Um, and there was no real no real edge of quality at all from either side in the final third. It, it took a mistake for the deadlock to be broken in that game. Yesterday was a bit different in that Spurs did have the quality. The three they have behind Richarlison, who should never be scoring twice against us in a month of Sundays. Um, Kulisevsky, Son and Brennan Johnson are fantastic. Great players. Really good. And they, they swamped our, you know, with Basuma, who's a cracking player, um, anchoring the midfield with, with Saar. When one of them drops deep and swamping our midfield, that leaves space out wide and look what happened. Um we've been completely exposed and that's where the goals originally came from um, it's it's really disappointing because it could have easily been 6-1 like we just did to them um, last season that could have easily been the case yesterday very very easily Spurs missed some great chances as did we really in the first couple of uh, couple of attacks we had in the first half were it not for a great piece of defending from Ben Davis, we could have gone one nil up. Um, Almiron's got to do so much better. He blows so hot and cold, Almiron. I know you're his biggest fan, but even you, I think, will admit that after a fantastic performance in Paris, where he was blowing red hot, he's blowing freezing cold now. Oh yeah, I mean the performance could have been. I mean the result could have been so much different had them chances gone in. You're right that. Excellent deception, tip the ball off his uh, foot by Ben Davies, and then yeah, Almiron has to score. He has to score against Everton as well. Something's just not clicking for him. And but it, it goes back to the point, you know, how hasn't really got the options to change it up. And I, I just wonder what you think about the lack of competition at the moment. Um, is that having an impact on the level of performance? You think I, I, I am no doubt, um, in no way criticizing the effort and commitment of the players playing. You know, we know they're going to give 100%. But in terms of that element of competition where you have someone pushing you to that next level or at least maintaining the highest level possible, the fact that these players know they haven't got anyone coming up behind them ready to replace them because they're all out injured, is that having an impact, do you think? Uh, I would I would say so. Um, definitely subconsciously. Um you look at where we were at the back end of last season where everyone was fit and firing and real, real competition for places in the squad, particularly up front. Um, <clears throat> you see players come off the bench like Wilson and Murphy all having to score goals and they're still, they still they might not start the next game. Um, and now you, you kind of know the 11. That was the thing. Like under the, And again, to, to echo your point, this is no criticism of individual players. This is no criticism of Eddie Howe. This is just the situation we're in. It's still fan. It's still fantastic that we're still in the in the race for European football, still in the Champions League, still in the League Cup. It, it's just the situation we're in. So you've got to analyse it to some degree. Of course we can. But yeah, the lack of competition and knowing the team really. Harry's only really surprised us once during with the with the starting eleven during this injury crisis, and that was away at Dortmund. Um, other than that, it's been it's been pretty formulaic, um, and of course, it, 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 of course, we're going to suffer for that. And and also now with bodies coming back, like you hear Harvey Barnes isn't maybe too far away. Is he really going to hit the ground running after how many months out? It's going to take time. It's going to take a long, long time. So it's it's we, we, obviously we've just got to get to January, but even then, it's we've got a lot of games before <laughs> before that window opens. And and how much can we even do in that window with FFPP, uh, FFP? Sorry, um, yeah, it, it it's it's really, really took a kind of long term toll on on our whole season. It certainly has. And and look, we know that Eddie Howe never wants to sacrifice a game. And I'm all for that. But do you think in hindsight that making changes to the start eleven for either Everton or Spurs 
or at the very least making the subs earlier against Everton, given the games coming up, would have been more beneficial? Probably, but we were still in the game at Everton up until, what, last 10-15, where it just all went to pot. So, again, Everton, who who did you have on that could really, really make an impact unless you were going to play one of the, the young lads like Diallo or, or Parkinson or someone like that? Is that a better option than, than kind of taking what you've got and and hoping we can catch them on the break? I don't know. Gordon was way off it. I think the occasion got to him. Goodison Park, he should have had a couple of goals. No bother. Um, that was disappointing. Yesterday was a bit different. It, and, and, and how did take the players off, didn't he? Because obviously Wednesday is massive. It's absolutely colossal. This is our... Wednesday, although we obviously need to rely on Dortmund to do us a bit of a favour against PSG, Wednesday night is one of the biggest games in in recent history. It is a mammoth game against Milan on Wednesday. The the, the fatigue element doesn't really seem to bother us as much at home, which which makes you think that there is more to it than the injury crisis and, and and the fatigue element, because at home we're still getting some pretty impressive results and the performances are there too. Um, massive win at home uh, to Arsenal which they're still not over um, and the most one-sided 1-0 win over Manchester United you'll, you'll ever see that could have been 4 or 5 no bother as well so it, the the away form is a big big issue yeah, it, it certainly is but with the Milan game in, in mind some would argue that actually you know, you could have played Kraft maybe at centre back, or you could have put Lewis Hall at left back and Livermento at right back against Spurs, and just and just maybe prioritised Wednesday ahead of ahead of Tottenham. But I, I see, I'm caught in the, in in the middle there. I, I like I say, a big fan of Eddie Howe, wanting to win every game. You know, it's it took a long while to get a manager who who didn't see playing the top four, the top six as a is is a if if you concede two or three. That's a good result. If you get a point, it's a massive bonus. You know, we've got a manager who thinks and wants to win every game. But I just wonder if that approach, given the schedule, given the injuries, doesn't quite work when you throw out all the elements together. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I'm with Eddie Howe on this one, and not you. Um... Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm just I, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm asking the guy. I'm just okay. asking. The other side of the story, let's like say I want to win every game as much as Eddie Howe does. Um, and of course, any team he put out, he puts a team out that thinks can win that game. You know, he's not going to deliberately make that, he's not going to put a side out that, that, he, that he thinks is going to lose. But I'm just wondering, maybe in hindsight, whether he, he, he would, if he could, go back and say, okay, we'll take a few players out ahead of Wednesday. It was a key game to, to get top four. If you have any ambitions to, to, to get top four again, um, you can't be resting players when you go into to Spurs, especially when we beat them there last season. Um, hand on heart, I can't see us getting Champions League again for next season. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> we can still have a very successful season without getting Champions League football. We're still way ahead of schedule and this season's just been so much fun with Europe and whatnot. Um but yeah, it doesn't matter. You still need to to your Premier League's your bread and butter, isn't it? And they they were big games. All right, we've lost them both, but on another day, we could be sat where near to where Aston Villa are, and and we'll be going Eddie Howe's a genius, and is he that, is. Is that what gives you hope that you know they had the chances in both games and they just they just didn't take it, and we could be sitting here saying actually they picked up six points against Tottenham and Everton? Yeah, more so Everton. Um, I think Spurs were worthy winners yesterday. Um, like Even incidents like the red card, uh, well, the red card that wasn't, the yellow card for Romero, who I just I don't see the big deal with him at all. I think he's a terrible player. Um, but there you go. Um, he should have gone, in the grand scheme of things, no, it wouldn't have changed the result whatsoever. Had we have got that early goal from Isaac, um, who looked frustrated yesterday, but I can I can completely understand his frustrations. The service he's had off Almiron and 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 Gordon, particularly at Everton, um, was not good enough. So much so that they moved Isaac out on the left, and he put Gordon in on goal. He should have buried it. There's no two ways about it. 
Um, so yeah, I can see why Isaac's frustrated. Yes, that was a big, big chance, but obviously if Davis doesn't get that uh, touch, he puts us one nil up. So I can more than see as a striker like for him, and 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 strikers we see it all the time. You can do nothing all game, but if you get on the score sheet, you know you've done your job. And that's that's it with him. He he hasn't done his job because he hasn't had the service. I don't think. He looks um, tired, doesn't he? He looks like he could have done with an extra game or two. Out well, yeah, because he, he's just come back from injury himself. Yeah, that's what I mean. To 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 come back and play all these runs of games and and to hit the ground running, which he did. There was obviously going to be a kind of bounce effect, and it, obviously fatigue with him is going to set in a hell of a lot sooner than the other lads who were who have been fighting fit all season. So. I mean, I suppose we're lucky that he hasn't had a recurrence of any injury what, during these games. Um, it, but again, Eddie Howe's hands are, are tied. Like, you go back a couple of weeks ago and you and Aaron were talking about this third striker dilemma that, that we maybe should have needed. I, for, for, for me, I can totally understand why we didn't sign a third striker because... 99% of the time, they're going to be stuck on the bench and not have any minutes whatsoever. But with two strikers who may struggle to keep fit, particularly Callum Wilson, <clears throat> there's there's always going to be that argument, isn't there? Has Aaron slipped you a £20 note in advance to agree with him? No. Uh, no, but, you know, Aaron's an intelligent guy. Um, so, you know, we, 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 we share opinions... I'm not um, sure what the inference is there about me, to be fair, Sam. But we'll 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 move on uh, uh, to to actually what we will move on to is um, listening to Eddie Howe after yesterday's game, where he was asked about why he didn't make any changes um, to his to his team. So this is what he had to say. It is, but it's it's of course you want to make changes that benefit the team, not make changes that that don't benefit the team. So I've got to try and make those decisions and get them right. Um, so. Yeah, I've been sort of backed into a very difficult position with the team selection and even in game uh, decisions because today it would have been very easy to see, oh, you've got Callum and Sean, put them on the pitch, but you know they're, they're not 100% fit, so I've, I've got to be very careful even with them. So thankfully they came through. I thought their performances were very good when they came on and that's a, a big positive for us today. Um, but yeah, we're in a difficult position at the minute. Well, as I said, if I make changes, I want to make changes that benefit the team. Um, everyone that I picked today wanted to play, felt able to play, no issues. Um, but of course, yes, I understand the backlog and the fatigue that can build. But we don't have abundance of options, so I, I don't know. And of course, we have a, a couple of senior professionals, but yeah, d difficult to make changes to a team that has performed so well as well. You know, I think we beat Arsenal, we beat Chelsea. Um, we beat Manchester United, and that was only two games ago. Really interesting there, Sam, because I think the first point that many may conclude from that clip is that if you're certain players within this squad and you hear that those quotes or you read those quotes, your conclusion as, as a Newcastle United player is probably, I'm done here at this club. Because to me, he's, he's sort of suggesting there that the options he's got, he doesn't really trust them or he doesn't really want to play them, even though... The squad that the team that he is starting week in week out has been for the last five games and will be tired. Yeah, um, I have to say I agree with how there though because all right, what would have happened yesterday if, for example, Gordon had been on the bench and Matt Ritchie had started left wing? That that have been uproar. Would they, um, I don't I don't know if there would have been you know I don't I don't know if there would have been I think yeah. I think. I think people in in normal circumstances without the injuries, then yes, maybe. But I think given everything that's gone on, I don't think many people would have been kicking off had Gordon been on the bench and Matt Ritchie played that hour before Gordon. Well, obviously, Trippy is the other one, isn't it? After the errors, and uh, can't tell me some people wouldn't have been a bit um, shocked if if Kraft would have started over Trippy yesterday. Yeah, well. I mean, I I predicted he'd play the, the same team because I, I you just knew he wasn't going to make any changes. But now I think you would have been more likely to see Hall start on the left and Livermento come over to the right. And yeah, Hall, Hall's the, the only one that you kind of have an argument for. 
Um, and I'm guessing with Trippier now suspended for the Fulham game, Hall will come in at left back and Livermento will go uh, back on the right. <clears throat> Other than that, um, obviously Longstaff and, and Wilson aside, but you look before then when they weren't on the bench and who who are you going to start that's that's going to make any sort of difference? Positive, a positive difference to that starting eleven, really. Well, like you say, you bring Richie. I mean, it, but it's. I it, love, I love Matt Ritchie. I love Paul Dummett. I've, I've defended Emil Kraft in the in the dark days. Um, it, I mean, we made you know it, it formulated ninety percent of mine and Johnny's podcast for a season, um, but it's it, they're just not good enough for where we want to be anymore. But given how tired the players looked again yesterday, do you not sacrifice maybe that ability for a bit of energy and a bit of legs? Not in an important league game like that was yesterday. Well, you've got um, plenty of if it was, If it was Sheffield United away hmm. or a game like that, fine, no problem. But not 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 against a top six side. Well, Gary says I read those quotes as he wants to replace like for like quality, but he can't do that, so he doesn't make the changes unless absolutely necessary. Um, we've got the kind of phrase saying Trip should have missed the Everton game and been refreshed for his old club. Um, says more foresight required from Eddie Howe. Les says. I didn't get that at all from what Eddie Howe said. He was simply saying that his options were limited and didn't want to compromise any of his players in their opinion. Um, Nathan saying, no, what Howe was saying is that he has no options. And yeah, look, I can see how people are coming, but I just thought it was a really interesting, um, really interesting press conference from Eddie Howe. He said, I've got one or two senior players but he has had a few more than that. So is that a slip with the tongue or is that Eddie Howe basically admitting that he didn't think some of them can do the job? I don't think it was a slip with the tongue. I mean, people aren't stupid. We know full well that the squad's not there yet. And players like the ones that we have on the bench aren't going to be here in a couple of years' time. Or they might not even be here after this summer. Um it's reality. It's, it's it's the truth. He's being honest. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, you can't tell me if he'd have come out and, and said, well, you know, we're saving Dummett and Richie for Wednesday. <laughs> That's not really going to wash, is it? He's, 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 his hands are massively tied by the, by injuries. There's no quality. There's Well, there's a hell of a lot more quality and depth in the squad than we did have but it's nowhere near there yet you know if FFP wasn't a thing then who knows he could have bought on um, whoever he could have bought on Hakimi for Trippier you know he could have he could have done this that and the other we could have spent billions but FFP is very real and it's just not going to go away so the, the, the building of the squad is going to take years and years, which is why Richie Dummett, and you know, I don't have to name them all, we all know who they are, but that's why they're still at Newcastle United. But some would argue whether they're on the bench, given the schedule, you, you might as well use them, right? But you're not of that way of thinking. <clears throat> For what benefit other than to just give them a rest? Because he did, he did, he did bring them on yesterday when the game had gone, so that's fine, no problem. But could you have done that after 60 minutes at Everton? No, because we were still in the game. Interesting. I dis- I disagree on that one. I do. I think you looked at the Everton game, and I was, I said, I've said this last week, so I'm not going to go too much into it, but I do wonder whether just making those changes and, and getting the tired players off the pitch and, and maybe you have a bit more of a chance with, with the legs. You know, These players might not have the, the ability, but they've still got the fitness and the energy to run it. The tired players... On the opposition, I don't know. It's, look, it's, it's a debate that. So 60, 60, 65 minutes. Then nil nil at Everton. Who would you? What would you have done? <clears throat> I I would have taken Isaac off and made, made a change with Isaac. Whether, whether you you bring Matt Rich on a little bit earlier, move Gordon into the centre, but then I think Gordon could have come off against Everton um, as well. I mean, look, I, I wouldn't have been against seeing Diallo 
or or Ben Parkinson. I know what you're going to say. They're youngsters. They're, you know, you can't throw them into that that bear pit. But I just looked at Isaac, and he just looked dead on his feet. I looked at Gordon. It looked like the occasion got the better of him. I couldn't see. I couldn't see what benefit they were going to bring to Newcastle in those final twenty minutes, despite how good of a player they are. If, if they're tired, you know, is it really a benefit the team to keeping them on the pitch and keeping them having to run and chase and knowing what's coming up as well? I, I don't know if it is. Have you watched or did you watch much of um, the EFL Trophy when? Um... The players we mentioned there have played the likes of Wrexham and Crew and Paul Vale. I didn't. You're going to tell me you did, and you're going to tell me that they looked far off the pace of a first team Premier League appearance. Um, I am going to tell you I did watch it. Um, they're definitely not in the same ilk and the same calibre as Elliot Anderson and Lewis Miley. I'm never going to criticise and slag off players of that age because they've got so much in front of them and Diallo is a, a real um, live wire and I, I wouldn't have been against him coming on um, whether or not they're, good, they're really good enough to make an impact in the Premier League at the moment I'm not so sure but look that's not to say they can't be because again they're really 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 young I mean I like what we know about Lewis Miley is a child and the way he's adapted to, to playing is Nothing short of remarkable, um, unbelievable performances he's been putting in. But you can't have, <clears throat> I mean, our under-21s, our under-19s, they're, you know, most seasons they're towards the bottom end of their competitive leagues. Um, so you, you can't be relying on many of them at this stage to, to really make an impact in the first team. You can't, but I do also wonder that I think many managers would have had their hand forced to this situation. I we can't keep playing the same team, and you credit Eddie Howe actually for sticking with what he wants to do. I do credit that. And look, this isn't none of this is a criticism of Eddie Howe. It's just asking no. questions of, of of what everyone's talking about. And, you know, we've got a viewpoints. Um, plenty of comments coming in about the selection debate. Uh, to kind of phrase says it doesn't work when Richie can't play on Wednesday. No craft, more foresight required in the selection process um ashraf says if dummit rich and craft are not up to standard they need to be on the transfer list so we can replace them with players up to standard Stewart says what message does it send when we have two keepers on the bench when we could have had a young player on roger says if those subs had been made against everton andrew it may finish six nil i'm not too sure about that um david says you go into everton with craft dummit hall richie and what happens you lose but we lose anyway, uh, but you'd have a bonus of a fresh bunch of lads and more chance of winning at Spurs. Um, John says, I agree with Annie to a degree. We've brought in Hall and could play left-back midfield up top. The Parks Parkinson could have saved energy to Isaac Gordon and could have uh, shown Miggy how to score. And there was also a comment um, which asked um, by Nathan, is Isaac faster unfit than Richie is fit? So the, you know, there's a good range of comments there, Sam. Anything you want to pick up on? Um, forgive me. The the, the, uh, the well, to answer the final question, yes, I think he's like unfit is is probably faster than Matt Ritchie. Now, um, a lot of good comments there. Um, Diallo is the only one of the the youngsters that could like maybe have that kind of kind of that enigma um, element to him. Like I'm not comparing him to say maximum, but that kind of type of player that can, that can do something out of nowhere. Um, but yeah. Um, and the thing with Miggy as well is when he's good, he's very, very good. But when he's bad, he's downright awful. And the, the quality in the final third in the, in the last few games has been downright awful. Um, <clears throat> but this is just the situation we're in. I mean, it's a hell of a lot better situation to be in than we're arguing who's worse, Kraft or Mankio. Why is Bruce playing five at the back? Why is Jeff Hendrick playing? Why, you know, the, what what we were doing a couple of three years ago. Um, so things could be a hell of a lot worse. It's an, it's still a nice situation to be in, 
we're still only a few points off top six and we could be 48 hours off uh, one of the most memorable nights in Newcastle United history, a la Craig Bellamy in, Bellamy in Rotterdam 20 years ago, whatever. Um, it could be a very, very special night indeed on Wednesday and, you know, we're still in the League Cup too. So it's not all bad, is it? No, no, not at all. And I think the plan will be just to kind of hang in there until January when you're getting everyone back and then you dip your toe into the transfer window. And I think what... But what can we do? That was one of the comments as well. Like Hall Hall is the only one that you can really make a debate about about, um, coming on and playing more. Um, I thought he would have been utilised more, to be honest, Um, because he has that versatility, doesn't he? Um, I I don't know if how thinks he's really there yet. I mean, he impressed last season in the Chelsea team, but that Chelsea team was exceptionally bad at times, as they are this season as well. Like, okay, we we beat che- like on the face of it, yes, four-one Chelsea win at home is magnificent, but they're essentially a mid-table bottom half club at the moment, which yeah. is mad. It is not not very good at all. But I mean, January-wise, Sam, and that that's obviously what many people are concluding from this crisis and about the lack of depth because of the injuries is that you're going to need some investment in January. Of course, you've got the the, the January, January premium, so that won't make things very cheap at all. And Newcastle don't tend to be reactive to things that are happening. They tend to have a plan and stick to it. So it's going to be interesting to see they deviate from what we've come to know of them in the last few windows. Uh, but what do they need in January? I mean, have you looked at the last four or five games and the same players playing time and time again and gone, okay, I'd like to see them buy a third striker. I'd like to see them go out and get Callum Phillips on loan. What, what are you thinking? Um, <clears throat> well, from the summer, I thought we were a centre-back and a forward, a centre-back and a winger short of the ideal window. Um so I still maintain we need to strengthen them two positions. The, obviously, the goalkeeper situation has now come to the fore. Um, another midfielder as well with Tonali um, suspended. Other than that, we're probably okay, especially when we've got returning players. But I still do think we need someone else in that final third. A centre-back for a more long-term replacement for... Share slash Lascelles, you know that that area of the squad. Um, yeah, and obviously, what do you do? But what, what's our budget? How much have we really got to spend? Are we are we going in for loan deals? Is it going to be a case of will Arsenal let us have Ramsdale for the rest of the season? Will Man City let us have Calvin Phillips for the for the rest of the season? We're we're rivals. We're threats to these clubs now. So why should they? Why should they let us have their players on loan? It makes no sense to me. And if you're going out and wanting to buy an elite goalkeeper, how much did Liverpool pay for Allison? A lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. On on Phillips. Let's see where you sit um, on the on the opinion of Phillips. Is he a man you'd like to see Newcastle signing? In January, me and Aaron have our uh, different d- opinions about Calvin Phillips. So, who are you backing in this one? Uh, he's not for me. No, not for me either. I think you take too long to get up to scratch. Um, you know, you're probably looking at mid-February, March before he, before he's ready to fit into an anyhow side. If you are, if you if you have a deal for him in the summer and he's going to be your player from here on in, then maybe. But then, how he's much are you going to want? Forty million. I can't say. I he's not. He's not for me. I'd rather. Um, I. I think we need to. I would rather continue with Miley, and I think um, we need to buy a more attacking-minded midfielder, not a more defensive-minded one. Interesting. Um, that's that's why I think we were linked to Madison for so long, and um, I said about eight, uh, twelve months ago, six months ago, Florian Verts from Leverkusen is just an absolute must before. Everyone cottons on, and you know, Leverkusen are having the time of their lives with Xabi Alonso now, and and Verts is playing a big part in that. So he's going to cost an absolute bomb. Um, so is any sort of decent goalkeeper. Most of the elite goalkeepers are at elite clubs. Koble from Dortmund, who I absolutely, I greatly admire him. 
he's going to cost an arm and a leg. So, the especially within January, my word. So, obviously, the De Gea links are there. Is that just a cheap short-term option where you can pay him a big wage because he's not going to cost us anything in terms of a transfer fee? Fine. Does he mould into the character of, of the squad that's being built? Not really. Um, I wouldn't be signing him on a long-term deal. Um, and by long-term, for a goalkeeper, I mean three or four years because he's, what, 32, 33? Um, but, you know, Dubravka's 35, and if, if, if it's true that he has been nursing a shoulder injury, <clears throat> then it's not a sustainable choice, really. Now you're down to Carrius and Gillespie, which also is the reason why we can't go out and get an emergency loan or an emergency signing because you can't register the room in the Premier League without that dispensation. And of course, you're never going to get this dispensation whilst we've still got three fit goalkeepers in Dubravka, Gillespie, and Carrius at the club. So it's just not going to happen. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be a very, very difficult window and a very, very difficult remaining part of the season hmm. we've got uh, people uh, talking about Calvin Phillips Darren says bringing in Phillips from Man City on loan would be a good move he also wants to gear and a centre back as well it just, if Calvin Phillips would just stink of a panic buy to me hmm. and not even on loan would you take him on loan but again you, you're right you why I'd rather question. play Miley would City loan yeah and that that as well um, Darren says but I can't see I can't see Arsenal loan any players Man City more likely. Uh, we've got Derek saying he um, he would like Calvin Phillips and a striker and a goalkeeper. Um, on... We need a winger as well that can have that versatility to allow Gordon to be the third choice striker. But, and, and one on the right. Um, it pains me that we didn't sign Diaby. It really does. It pains me. Um, I would have rather Diaby over Harvey Barnes, truth be told, but um, Selavi. But yeah, I, I still think we need a, another winger. On Martin Dubravka, there was lots of debate, and I was one of those that, that, that backed him to as was I stand up and uh, replace Nick Pope until Pope's back. He hasn't had the best times. Everton, nothing really could do about Everton. Spurs though concedes the penalty, but it's it's the um, it's the third goal which I think worries a lot of people. He comes out, he stutters, he goes back, and you know I think if he commits there. I think if he commits to that ball, I think he wins it. I don't think Richardson scores, but he just he just does, didn't have confidence in himself. And obviously then Lascelles can't, can't track Richardson. It's in the back of the net. The defence doesn't look as organised. And I know it, it, it might be difficult to expect it to do so when you've had Nick Pope in there week in, week out. But I do think... The, the, I, if... I am more towards saying Newcastle needed a new goalkeeper in January than I was before uh, Dubravka came back into the side a couple of games ago. Okay. Um, I broadly agree with everything you said. Um, I was back in Dubravka as well. Um, no, he hasn't had a great time of it. Um, ring rust, possibly. But... Uh, blow off the cobwebs where he's had to sit on the bench at uh, Newcastle and at Man United over the, over the past year, um, 18 months. It could be that. Will he, will he get better with a run of games? Will he make you feel nervous on Wednesday against Milan? Quite, probably, quite possibly. But De Gea aside, who, who's out there that's realistic? But do you see Newcastle maybe moving forward at transfer plans to to replace Nick Pope? Big gamble because it's not going to come cheap, and then you sort of you'd you'd probably be putting all your eggs in the basket of needing to qualify for the Champions League again to alleviate FFP, or maybe having to sell um, one of your big guns. Um. So no, I can't see that happening. The short-term logical fix would, of course, be De Gea. Um, unless by some miracle, Carrius is given a go and he's he, he turns into a brilliant goalkeeper. But again, if it's ring rush with Dubravka, it's going to be even worse for Carrius, isn't it? Um, 
it's 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 a it's a real horrible situation to be in because you know there'll be people screaming Ramsdale at, at, at the screen now or whatever, but it's, I just can't see that happening. Why would Arsenal loan him? Hmm. No, indeed, and if it was going to be a permanent one, it'd be expensive. And is he yet better shot stopping? And it wouldn't be worth. And it wouldn't be worth it. No, it wouldn't. No, not at all. There's a reason Arsenal have decided to go out and get someone else to replace him. Um, Brian says Phillips would never be fit enough for an Eddie Howe team. You turn from uh, the World Cup unfit. Um, how hungry to bust a gut would he be for Newcastle United? That's, a, um, that, that's another point. Um, sorry to butt in. I no, go on. Um, but the, the intensity of which we play, that, that, does, that does nothing to help our fatigue. And, and like we've seen over the past couple of weeks, the press has... Um, it's not really happened, has it? Um, especially away from home. Yeah, you don't have that raw spur in you on, which which could contribute to why, you know, the away form is uh, so poor. Um, but yeah, the the way uh, the style we play is is energy sapping, which um, yeah does does not help the situation. Let's just talk about the, the defending overall. Very schoolboyesque esque, wasn't it against Spurs? I mean, if you if you pause. Uh, the TV when Richarlison is about to hit his hit his first goal of the afternoon, it is it is it's a scary uh, uh, freeze on the TV because you've got three players rushing towards the man with the ball. Um, is that down again to a mixture of you've got a new goalkeeper and he's not organising? You've got fatigue, tired minds, or is it just poor defending? Uh, I think you could put a whole re- a whole number of reasons into into the melting pot and and come out with why that defending was so bad. Like Spurs' system, as I said before, just completely swamped us um, and tore us to shreds. Um, I think that was a contributing factor. Uh, organization wise, yeah, without um, Pope and that uh, continuity there. <clears throat> that could have been a factor. Simple, basic individual errors. Was LaSalle's completely fit after he came off um, with a dead leg against Everton? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it certainly wasn't very pretty. And um, yeah, you don't want to be doing. Uh, you don't want to be doing much more of that in the future. No, not at all. Gary says, uh, is the nervous, nervousness at the back anything to do with the loss of property? I, I can see that being um, a reason indeed. Kind of phrase says, some players having to play the high press over and over again. The answer is to rotate players, change systems and stop trying to flog dead horses. Um, yeah, you know, just, a, I mean, LaSalle's has come in for a bit of stick actually on social media and I, I uh, I did a post defending him because some of the some of the stuff I saw was ridiculous. I think we sit here, Sam, and it's all right to say Martin Dubravka did not play well against Spurs. It's all right to criticise Jamal Lascelles if you feel it's warranted and necessary. But what I'm seeing on social media at the moment is quite a few people getting personal. You know, people like horrible defender. If, you know, I, I, it's not necessary. Players have bad games. Players, um, you know, get older. And they do get worse as a player, but just be polite and be nice in the way you criticise players. You don't need to get personal with some of the stuff I've seen about Martin Dubravka, about Jamal Lascelles, and others as well. It's just not necessary. Yeah, it's 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 pathetic. Of course, it's the the kind of um, negatives of social media being an absolute toilet at times. But look. Lascelles is is an easy target. If it's not Lascelles, it's Sean Longstaff. If it's not Sean Longstaff, it's someone else. It it seems to go round in circles um, with these type of players. Um, I don't get it. I've I've always defended Jamal Lascelles over number of number of years. Um, look, even when Lascelles was playing really well a few weeks back, saying "Oh, Botman might not get in the get back in the team." The flip side of that is Botman cruises back into the team because he's probably the best defender we'll see at Newcastle United in our lifetime. Um, that's that's just the the the, the nuts and bolts of it. Um, Lascelles is a fantastic um, fantastic servant to the club, who's captain this club 
through thick and thin with pride and honour. And I was never one for getting rid of him. I, I still would ne would not get rid of him. And whether he's on the bench or, or playing, I'm behind him 100%. Um, but, you know, for me, he is our third choice centre-back. And, and when Botman is, is fit, Botman cruises back into the starting eleven. I think um, the fact that we're sitting here and, and we've not missed Van Botman all that much is testament to how Jamal has a step. Remarkable. Because you are right. He is going to be probably the best centre-back. Uh, Sven Botman is going to be the best centre-back we will see in a generation at Newcastle United. And, and Lascelles has, has found another level thanks to Eddie Howe and, and thanks to his own hard work. Um, into the comments we'll go again. Niall says trips really fault for four of uh, goals, but he's been amazing. Probably one of our best this season. Well, everyone knows um, that, you know, Kieran Trippier, as Eddie Howe put it last week, has been the catalyst for where Newcastle find themselves. So, again, I think you can criticise within the game, but, you know, let's not get personal about things. Um, no, but we knew that with Trippier as well, didn't we? That's why we signed Livramento in the summer. And, you know, how, how many years has Trippier got left at the top, top level? Like, like he has been one of the most important signings ever. Newcastle United and probably goes down in our all-time Newcastle United 11 in the Premier League um, strolls in with ease um, sorry Warren Barton um, but um, yeah he's had a couple of bad games it, it happens. happens yeah it, it happens. does um, a couple of comments on, on Twitter then um, in a word uh, Sam this is a question from Chris Johnson how many more games do we give Dubravka before we give Carriers to go Dubravka has been really poor in the last two games. Oh God, you, you're really clutching at straws when you're saying give Carrius a go. Um, so nervy he was in the cup final. Um, for me, if Dubrav if Dubravka's fit, he plays. Um, you could maybe play Carrius at Chelsea in the cup. Um, yeah, it it that is it. It's just a real crappy situation, isn't it? There's no getting away from it. Um, we have Paulie saying a second disastrous game in a row, but the lads kept their heads up right to the end. He's proud to be a Geordie and will come back strong. We've got Dave asking, if we can perform like we did from 45 minutes to 55 minutes, can we really blame fatigue? No, we, we actually finished the game relatively strongly as well. <laughs> um There is an element to it that it is, I don't I don't know and I don't have the answer to it. Otherwise, I'd be an elite football manager like Eddie Howe. Um, but I'm not. I'm a fat man sat in his kitchen. Um, so there, there is. It, it, it is our away form that's the issue because we're still playing with high intensity and, and high energy at home and still getting out these fantastic results at home. Um, so, th so there is something amiss other than fatigue, other than maybe maybe, maybe the crowd is that extra, the proverbial 12th man driving you on, and you just can't get that when you're away from home, even though the you know there's a lot going round about ticketing and, and away ends and just all that stuff in general at the moment, but... The away end still seemed in, in, in relatively good voice yesterday. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe St James's Park is 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 the difference maker, but the you know it is a problem. It is a real problem. This this away form. Hmm. Um, we've got Niall saying I think Botman uh, and Pope between them organise the lines really well. Without both, we look disjointed at the back. The mighty win says feet on the ground, lads. If we'd finish at the Nazar Everton and Spurs. It would have been a different story. The elephant in the room is Alexander Isaac. The mighty win, we're nearly finished the show, but if you're quick, come back and explain what you mean by that because Sam's going to want to defend Isaac even though he doesn't know what he's defending him against. So come back um, with that. Interestingly, I had a comment last night off um, Jamie, who's a regular viewer of the, of the podcast, and he said along the lines that, you know, Newcastle United lost, but do we really need an, an inquest on, on, on why? What's your view on that? Um, an inquest. An inquest is probably going over the top. Um, it's just a number of factors just 
all rolled into one at a horrendous time of year when we've got huge games, one after another, one after another, one after another. Um, the Premier League at the top end is much more difficult. And, it, and like, I've, I think I'm going to answer my own question that I, I, I kind of asked at the start of the show when I said about um, it didn't seem to be a, a problem um, for Sir Bobby 20 years ago. You need a lot more points now to get to the to the business end of the league is what you did back then. Um, it, it's you have to be so relentless in the Premier League now to to get to where we were. Like you think back to last season, some of the wins we had and the points we earned are just absolutely out of this world like last season that's that's why I was always at the mantra I was like like you just got to enjoy this because last season was incredible and you can't expect to 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 go again when you have got all these injuries and you have got these extra intense games and all this extra traveling and whatnot the, the lads are hardly hardly doing any training sessions in between matches at the minute which doesn't help which is where Eddie Howe really earns his crust working with players on the training ground. He hasn't been able to do that properly for for months. So it's it's a lot of factors that have all snowballed into one and it, the timing of it is just horrific. Mm. Um what Jamie said was he doesn't think there's a wider issue except fatigue, injuries and a lack of experience yeah. for the amount of games. Um the mighty winds got back in touch to say Isaac's played very poorly for the last six games despite getting a couple of goals. Twaddle. There we go. In one word, defended. Now, I want to ask you this question um, from Nicola, which has come through, and it's a good job that you're sitting down because it's 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 she's she's not held back in her opinion or her question. Rather, let me just uh, find it here. I've had to read it twice, three times, just to check she's asking what she's asking. As Eddie Howe clearly is choosing tired, fatigued players over fresh ones who are more than up to the job, to the detriment of the team on the pitch, is he the right man to take us forward? I will say from the start, Eddie Howe is the right man to take Nicholas Knight forward. Sam, I'm going to let you answer Nicholas' question, though. Can, can you just um, read the, the first part out again? As Eddie Howe clearly is choosing tired, fatigued players over fresh ones who are more than up to the job. Okay, which which fresh ones are more than up to the job? I'm sure Nicola will uh, get back in touch. She's usually watching live, so she probably will let us. No, I mean, I, should, That's it. I suppose she's looking at maybe Dummett Craft Richie to fill in and save some energy and some legs, maybe. And all of these players were touted as championship players at best a couple of years ago. There's your answer. I'm assuming you're like me. You don't agree with the with the the. the, the no, Eddie Howe is the Eddie Howe. Of course, of course, Eddie Howe is the right man for the job. But what I will say to kind of um, defend Nicola was it? It was to kind of uh, defend Nicola a little bit. He's inexperienced now at this level. That's what I will say to kind of play devil's advocate to Nicola's point. He is inexperienced at this level. He's never managed in the Champions League prior to this season. He's not used to balancing so many fixtures and balancing his squad. What can he do, though, really? Um, he's a fantastic manager. He's worked absolute miracles at Newcastle United. How we're not in the Championship is is all because of him and, um, and how he's not just integrated new signings, but worked with the players that we already had and turned them into absolute man mountains, guys like Joe Linton and, and we all know. Um, so yeah, he, he absolutely, look, nothing lasts forever and there will be a time where he leaves Newcastle. But at the moment, he is, of course, the right man for the job. Yeah, Roger says, red card, Nicola, uh, to that comment. Um, Gary says, how will become an elite manager with Newcastle United? Uh, becoming is the operative word. Uh, Niall says that he needs to have an alternative formation and player to counteract the midfield being overrun. And I think that's one of the points to me is that, you know, Eddie Howe doesn't shy away from criticism. He doesn't want to be bulletproof when it comes to questions and criticism because he understands there's always room to improve. And being yeah. critical of how he has to perform the recent two, three games uh, away, that's all part of it, isn't it? That's all part of growing and, and improving. Yeah, and, and he did have that last season, if you remember, um, games like Brentford away 
um, where we did have we did have the plan B and kind of switched to a bit of a four two three one where Isaac played just behind um, just behind Wilson, and they went to a bit of a four four two, didn't they? Uh, Fulham at home where we got our last minute winner um, as well, where Wilson and Isaac were both on the pitch. But um, yeah, this season, like I said earlier, it, it was one of them where we we had no answers to the four two three one against really good teams. Um, yeah, but again, when you've got no players to, to really bring on, what, what can you really do to change the system? Well, that's it. You know, you can change the system if you've got the players at your disposal, but he hasn't because everyone's been out injured. The mighty win says Eddie's improved every player, including Kraft Dummett. They're better than championship players. Um, so there you go. And don't worry, Darren, the end of show trivia is coming up in a moment. I just quickly want to run through something that you guys can all get involved with. And it is the fans footballer of the year. Up for a nomination this year is Trippier, Bruno Longstaff and Sean Wilson. So that's for the Newcastle United one. Here in Trippier is up for the national vote. Um, so I'll pop the link into the comments of, of where you can vote. Last year, Bruno won it. This year, we'd really like to see Kevin Trippier win it. He's up against likes of Saka and, and other, other players. In terms of them five that I've named there, uh, Sam, Trippier, Bruno Longstaff, Sherman Wilson, who gets your vote and why? Yeah, we can't have short memories about this, and it and it would be trippier for me. Um, Fabian Share as well. I would, I you could, you could make a case for all of them, but you could make a very, very, very strong case indeed for Fabian Share. But yeah, trippier for me. Um, what he what he gives the team, not just defensively, apart from the last two games, but like the assists he gets and and the creativity he produces, and that that relationship on that right hand side when we are firing. Between um, Trippier, Longstaff, and Almer on that little that little triangle that they have going on there is is fantastic, and and yeah, uh, Trippier would be a worthy winner. Yeah, well, out of those, I'm going to go for Kieran Trippier as well. If I'd had the, if I was in charge and picking the nominees, though, Julian <coughs> would be in there for me, um, but he's not. But for me, he was Player of the Year uh, last year. I'm going to pop the link now in the comments, and I'll pop it in the podcast description as well for where to vote. There you go. That's the, the local one. So you pick your winners there, guys, between Trippier, Bruno Longstaff, Sharon Wilson, and I'll pop the national one in at the end of the show. On to the trivia then, Sam. This is the bit you've been looking forward to, isn't it? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you when you've asked me the question. So I want you to name the players to have scored a Premier League hat-trick for Newcastle United. But how many are How many are there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's eleven players, but I don't want you just shouting. I, I don't think it's fair for you just to shout names out because that would be easy. I'm going to give you the fixtures and the year, and then let's see if you can if you can get them. Okay. Oh, okay. Because I think if you just start shouting names out, I mean, it's it's relatively easy like that, isn't it? Cool. So, well, can I go for the ones I know first? Oh, no, 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 no. Do it your way. Do it I'll your do way. my way. Right. I'm going to start. We'll start with the oldest to the newest. Yeah. Um, okay. So Wimbledon, October 1993. Uh, Andy Cole. No. Beardsley. Peter Beardsley. Uh, Liverpool, November 93, and Coventry, February 94. What, is that Beardsley, or is this the same player? Like this, is, this, is, this, this is the second lot of Harricks. So, yeah, Andy Cole is in name. If you guess yeah. one and you get it wrong, I'm not going to say he's in the list, because, again, that spoils the fun. <coughs> so, yeah. Yes, Andy, it does. Yes. Andy Cole there, the Liverpool, Coventry. Um, Wimbledon again in 1995. Celeste. Yes. Then we have um, Leicester City 97 and Sheffield Wednesday in 1999. Shearer. Of course. Then we have West Ham, December 2005. Oh, 2005. This was the last match that the famous Pink ever covered. If you remember was the it? the Pink, yep, it was. 2005? Uh, uh, is this a player who I really don't want to... Sp- who's brave? Just say it. Just say it. I don't want to because I detest that vacuous little... Uh, Michael Owen? Yes, yes. Yes, Michael Owen it is. Um, Aston Villa, August 2010. Andy Carroll. Yep. Sunderland, October 2010. 
I was there that day, Kevin Nolan. Halloween, I missed my train back down to Sheffield at university, but did I care how to pay 70 quid for a ticket to get back down? No, I didn't because what I just, a day. just watched Sunderland get absolutely battered. What uh, a day. Um, the next one is West Ham 2011. Leon Best. Look at this, he's on a roll. Blackburn 2011 and Stoke October 2011. Denver Bar. Look at this. Norwich 2015. Jeannie Wynaldum. And finally, Southampton 2019 of... Jose Perez. We didn't even need the month. There we go. Not bad at all. There they go. The 11 players who have scored a Premier League hat-trick. Beardsley, Cole, Ferdinand, Shearer, Owen, Carroll, Nolan, Best, Denver Bar, Wynaldum, Iosi, Perez. Many people will be shocked. Alan Wilson still not still yet to score a Premier League hat-trick for Newcastle United. Hopefully that comes before he hangs up his boots. But there we go. A lot of people in the comments getting um, the, the answers right. Thank you very much for tuning in, Sam. I hope you've enjoyed the hour or so on the Everything is Black and White podcast. Glad to be back. Always, yes. It's uh, it's nice to be asked back on. Grand. Well, you tell your face. You can smile more. You've got through it. Do you know, do you know what? I've been ill for a couple of weeks and I've just had enough. Of, hence why I've had to go off and cough a few times because I've just had enough of it. Well, I do want to take the listeners behind the curtain. Did you did you put a, a locket into your mouth there with a cough? Yeah, I did. Sorry, because it, it was to stop me um, coughing again. There we go. I just wanted to let the listeners know that that's what was going on on the live oh, show. Sorry. No, I know. No, do you know what? It worked. Your voice sounded much more. Um, oh, did it? It did. There you oh, go. good. But yeah, thank you to Sam. Where can we find you? What you got going on at the moment on Newcastle Fans TV? Anything exciting? That's a, that's a great question. No, well, with a game every three days, it's um, it, it's 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 relentless. So yeah, Newcastle Fans TV on YouTube is uh, is where you can find all of our all of our content. Fantastic. Head over there, guys. Uh, well worth a watch. Plenty of uh, vlogs and travel vlogs, which is always a, a good watch with uh, with Lee and Sam also doing some post match reaction. I saw the one yesterday after after Spurs, and uh, there'll be more this week, right? Yeah, yeah. As I say, game every three days. It's so busy there's just no time to breathe in between these games but as Eddie Howe always says that's where we want it to be as a club isn't it so um, we'll not uh... pressure is a privilege exactly there get that on a t-shirt ladies and gents but thank you to Sam as always for popping on to the podcast you guys watching and listening please hit follow or subscribe through whichever platform you're joining us on share the pod amongst your Newcastle United support and friends and family and get in touch on social media as well for myself I'll see you guys very soon head over to chroniclelive.co.uk for all the latest Newcastle United news